Saturday, everybody. Look, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I watched this episode Thursday night, and I was all ready to talk about it. Uh, but then my dog needed to go for a walk, and it was a little rainy, so I didn't feel like bringing this recorder with me. So we did our walk, and it was kind of late, so I just said, you know what? I'll remember. I took notes. For some reason, I thought to take notes. And I said, you know what? I can do it on Friday, which was yesterday. And guess what happened? A plum fell asleep. I just passed out, woke up. It was only 10 o'clock. I put out episodes later than that. But I was so wiped that I said, you know what? I'm going to wait until Saturday to put this episode up. Which means that I watched this episode pretty much 48 hours ago. Now, I will watch an episode, hit record, and talk to you about it. And I'm not even sure I remember what I just watched. Now I have to go off the fact that I watched this 48 hours ago. And you're going to have to listen to me try to remember, based on these scribbled notes that look like they were written by an insane person... um, And, I mean, part of it makes sense. I think I kind of did it in order. So I wonder if I should just do it this way. Um, Yeah, why don't I just kind of put it in the order I wrote it? Because otherwise, you're going to hear papers like this. And, um, you know, it's just going to be annoying. Now, listen to me. I'm upstairs um, in the guest bedroom, sitting on a bed, looking like... Like, my feet are up like I should be on the phone, you know, gossiping uh, with my friends. But I'm doing this um, I'm, I'm, because my dog really wants to play. And I went down the hall, and you can hear a scratching at the door. I said, you know what? No, i got to go upstairs. And so I can have a peaceful few minutes before I'm going to go walk her again. I want to take these few moments to talk to you. But before we get started with this episode, let's take a moment to hear a word from today's sponsor. Oh, what a lovely sponsor, right? Right? All right, let's get into this. Episode 4, Season 6 of Mad Men, To Have and to Hold. What an interesting, interesting title. And it has multiple reasons, multiple meanings. Some very specific, some literally, literally literal to the episode, and some that just, you know, they uh, make you make you think, make, make you scratch your head, make you wonder... Who are you rooting for? Who, who who do you care about on this show? Oh, it's the clinging of the clock. If you could hear that. Um, the clinging of the clock? That's not the right saying. You know, but who 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 are the good people on this show? Are there good people? Are there people you want to root for? So it's weird because you still want to root for people that you don't particularly respect. It's tough. This episode opens up in Pete's sex apartment. That's what I call it because that's why he got it. He didn't get it so that he could have an easier time to get, you know, didn't have to leave the city all the time. He got it to make sex, which is what ruined his his wedding, his marriage in the first place. And now he's stuck in this little hovel of an apartment. But he's there with Don and they're talking to Timmy. I want to call him Timmy Hines because I don't know if that's his last name. But it's the guy who kind of oversees ketchup. And let me tell you, apparently ketchup is 
the the king. Well, first of all, it's the king of condiments, and it seems like it's the Rolls Royce of condiments. I, some would say the Jaguar of con- condiments. Um, maybe mustard's the Jaguar of condiments, uh, but but ketchup is where it's at, especially in Hides. If you work in ketchup, you are a big wig. You're not some guy working in beans and oils, um, like what's his name. We'll get there. Uh, and really, I don't know his name. It's like, I want to say, begins with a B or an R. It begins with a letter. I know that. But they are meeting in secret. So there's, you know, remember the last time we talked, the guy, the, the, the Beans guy was adamant about them not having anything to do with ketchup. If they go near ketchup, he's pulling everything out of there. Because he, he wants to be responsible for what he did. He doesn't want to be passed on and all of a sudden ketchup takes it and they get the glory and he's just looked at as, as a schmuck again. Nope. He, he adamantly said to Don, you are not allowed to speak to him or otherwise I'm out of here. And guess what? They didn't give a shit because they're talking to this guy in secret. This whole thing is a secret. It's got a secret project name. It's got secret work areas. And the meeting areas are in secret in Pete's sex apartment. But the guy said, you know, we can meet here next time if you want to go over things more. And they're like, Pete says, nonsense. We'll get a hotel room. Well, that was a mistake. Um, and they, they, they want to keep the, you know, when um, when uh, Don... What was I going to say? When when the Tim guy leaves the apartment, Pete says to Don, oh, Don's like, you're in a nice little apartment. Pete says, you can use it anytime you want. Don said, I live in the city. Now, Pete just looked at him like, oh, yeah, okay. I think what he meant is, if you'd like to bring women over here to make sex, my apartment's open to you. Don doesn't have to do that. Not because he's a faithful husband who told his wife in his vows that he would to have and to hold her. That didn't come out right, but you know what I mean. Uh, no, because Don can have sex one floor down with with lady doctor, doctor wife, you know. Um, now we jump over to Don, the other Don, the 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 Don that seems like she's a good person. Um, this is the first time we're getting kind of outside story of Don. I don't know her last name, but it's Don Draper's secretary. She uh, is going. She went to a diner. And she's meeting a friend, and she's talking about how it's so hard to meet someone. And this friend, she's a bride. So Donna's a bridesmaid to this woman. And the woman's the bride. She's going to be getting married. She's talking about different guys to meet. And Don said how hard it is to meet people. She's not going to meet anybody at work. Um, I don't know if it's, she's the only black woman, black person, I think, in the whole like company. Um, and I don't know if that's why it's so hard. You know, this is the 60s, so I'm imagining that, yes. Um, you remember, though, there was the, the woman from the Playboy Club who was with Lane for a while. I don't know how much. And um, years before that, Kinsey had an African-American uh, girlfriend. I don't know. Um, so I don't know if it, it was a huge deal in New York in the 60s or not. I don't know. But Don was pretty adamant about, you know, you know how hard it was for her to find people or find someone to date. Uh, and work didn't seem like there was much of a place for that to happen. We jump over to Joan, and um, there's a friend visiting from the city. She's there. Or she's there at first, talking to or working with Joan's mother, kind of doing the makeup. Have you ever been to like a mall where you go through and they're like, "Oh, want to try? We'll we'll put makeup on you for free and to try all these things on." And um, 
basically this, this woman works for um, Mary Kay. She is very familiar. I've seen her in other things. I don't, I can't for the life of me remember what I've seen her in. Was she the woman in like Swim Fan? Was that her? I don't know. Um, so I've seen this, this, this lady in a lot of different things. But she is, uh, I think her name is Kate in this show. Uh, she's visiting from out of town, visiting, you know, coming into the city to see uh, Joan. Joan's all excited to see her. Uh, but she's also, she's not just there for seeing Joan. She came into the city also because she's going to be interviewing with Avon. Because it seems like she can't move up very far in um, Mary Kay. So um, she's visiting a friend, but she's also there to, you know, get into the city, see if she can make something better you know, professionally in her life. We go back to Don Draper, and he's in the elevator. And again, we see a lot of Don in the elevator this season, it seems like. A lot of elevator stuff, mainly because we're seeing a lot more of his home life, maybe because, or mainly because he's sexing Dr. Wife. I literally wrote down in my notes, Dr. Wife, because I don't know her name. I have no idea what her name is. Um, but she gets into the elevator. He's like, uh, I'm going up. And wasn't it just one flight? She goes, oh, I'm, I'm going down, but I'll come for the ride. He shuts off the elevator. Kissy, kissy, kissy. Uh, she's like, I'll leave a penny under my floor mat when he's not there. Um, and he's like, how long will you leave it there for? I don't know. Uh, but basically, kissy, kissy, kissy. And uh, then turns the elevator on. And uh, he gets off at his floor and she goes, you know, back down for wherever the hell she's going. Back to Joan. They're eating dinner. They were going to go out to have dinner, but because the, 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 the friend is, uh, has a late, an early morning with an um, with their interview, they stayed back um, with Joan's mom to have dinner and they're talking about work and she shows off this necklace she got uh, at Mary Kay but she talked about how there's really you know there's only you can only get so far there's people above her and you know um, she can only get so far and she, that's why she's trying out at Avon and Joan's mother talked about how actually how proud she is of Joan she's actually I could say that my daughter is a partner in our Madison Avenue firm but if she only knew what Joan had to do to become a partner. And it, you know what? I shouldn't say what she had to do to become a partner, but what she, how she became a partner because she demanded a partnership because of what she had to do to help the firm. So I shouldn't say she didn't sleep with that giant, disgusting man to get a partnership. But she did get the partnership because she slept with that guy. I think I'm saying that right. Seems right. Um, so we actually cut over back to the time is weird because I feel like people are at night, then it's day, then it's night, then it's day. I don't know what the hell, um, you know, how many days have passed. It doesn't really matter. We're over and we see Ken. He shows up in Harry's office um, because, like, he's asking about something about television, but really what he's there to do is kind of complain about his in-laws and, you know, how his father-in-law is always kind of moping about Dow Chemical and how um, they have such a bad rap. And Ken's like, well, maybe they should stop dropping napalm on children. So obviously Dow Chemical uh, is a big provider, must have a defense contract with the military for the Vietnam War. What's crazy to me, or not what's crazy to me, what's interesting to me is the Vietnam War is happening. Now, 
I every time you see a movie or a TV show, uh, you you see it from the soldiers' side over in Vietnam and how horrible it is. You see a lot of things from the protester side over here, like protesting the war while all this stuff is going on. But what you don't see, or what you don't see a lot of, is the people who are just living their life. Oh, there's a war going on, but doesn't affect me. Don Draper, um, you know the the uh, Sterling Cooper Draper, whatever they're called now, um, they're living their life. There's still soap operas going on, so it's it's a lot. That reminds me of kind of now, you know. There's there's been war, there's been fighting going on for it feels like. You know, 15, 16 years, and hundreds of thousands of, of soldiers, I feel like, have died. I, 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 I'm sure that's that number. But, like, you know, for the, for the average Joe around here, life goes on, you know. There's, there's definitely protesting. There's, of course, there's all those things. There's definitely people doing the right thing. But there are certainly people who are just living their lives. And I didn't think about that as far as during the Vietnam War. But here it is. I mean... You know, they're just in their office talking about this war that's happening, you know, as far as they're concerned, on the other side of the world. It doesn't really affect them. Um, and really, what do they want to do? They don't want to say, let's try to protest the war. Harry's like, you know what? I have a good idea that might help you uh, with um, your Dow Chemical and your in-law situation. Um, meanwhile, also in the office, we see Stan. It looks, it reminds me of like, um, like he's in some kind of, kind of spy show, like a sleuth. He comes in. And he's looking around, like, don't want to go in here. And then goes into an office, closes the door. And you see uh, Ginsburg. He's, like, suspicious. He's like, what's, you know, and I'm still not used to Ginsburg in a mustache. That's ridiculous. Um, but he's like, what, what do you think he's doing in there? That's my Ginsburg. I, I don't know if I can do a Ginsburg. I, I can't. It's like, it's like a Woody Allen with a higher voice. Because I've seen this guy in other things. And that's not the way he talks. Um, but it's like, he's like, what do you, he's very suspicious of Project K. And he thinks it's like Project Killmonger or something like that. They don't know what it is. And I'm like, oh, Project K. It, like, it didn't even dawn on me when Pete said it in the office. He will only refer to this as Project K, that it's ketchup. Um, but it's very secretive. Uh, it's, while Stan is in there, Don goes in. And Stan, basically, the place must stink because Stan's in there. Sneaking, and him and Don smoke a little reefer, which is, uh, I believe, what the... What the uh, what the culture called it then a little weed, little grass, um, and they're talking hamburgers and hot dogs and ketchup and mustard and blah blah blah, and um, it's like uh, you know the, Don, Pete. I mean Stan has all this stuff all over the place. Uh, the office is covered in tinfoil, so no one can look in because it's a secret project, um, and no one's allowed in there without a key, and um, you know it's the the big thing is that um, they have. I'm just saying the office is filled with Hind stuff all over the place. All these different ideas that uh, that Stan has been working on. Stan's the third, the only other person in there that knows what is happening. Earlier on in the episode, we saw um, in Ken's office. Um, I mean, in Harry's office when Ken was in there, uh, Harry's secretary came in, brought him a Danish, and she said, "Sorry, Mr. Cosgrove, this is the last one," uh, and. Um, we, that's like, I feel like, is that the first time we've seen her? I don't know. This is the first time that she was really pointed out. I feel like I could be wrong. So that, it's like all of a sudden you start seeing her and you realize, oh, she's part of a storyline because never seen it before, or at least never focused on her before. Um, 
but she is um, she goes up to Dawn later and asks asks her to punch her out early. And I literally wrote down um, someone's going to get in trouble. This is this is, this is definitely. Um, I bet I said I bet Dawn gets in trouble. People are going to notice um, because this woman Scarlet is going off to um, buy gifts for someone who's having a baby. I think something like that, um, and. So she's like, Don, can you punch me out? She's not going to come back. She's like, girls do it all the time. Don was a little hesitant, but she didn't want to do it. Um, and but um, but she's like, I guess she agreed to do it. Uh, we jump over to Megan, and she is at work, and it was the first time we've seen, we've ever seen her at work. Um, and the they're like, have you seen the new script? We're going to get a love scene. So she's all like excited because it means more work, more more storyline, a bigger kind of slice of the pie as far as the show um but she's doing a love scene for the first time and then there's the other actress there this like slightly older woman who's like darling you're gonna be great you know don't worry about it. everything's fine and she kisses one of the co-stars like it's no big deal and her husband's the head writer and they, they see something in her that's really exciting i mentioned earlier that harry had an idea for um ken's father-in-law who's the great ray wise love Ray Wise. Everything he does, I love it. Um, and the big thing is Broadway Joe on Broadway. Imagine a variety show on TV starring the biggest star in New York, Joe Namath, actually on Broadway, song and dance, bringing these, bringing, you know, all these celebrities sponsored by Dow Chemical, putting smiles on faces, family, company, Dow Chemical, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like they bought in. They were pretty excited about it. Um, so we do see Megan go back to the uh, apartment, and she tells Don, you know, the truth. She's very honest. There's there there's going to be love scenes. I'm I'm going to be, um, you know, it's just kissing. It's all fake. It's not real. Um, and, but it's you know it's daytime television. There's only so much we can do, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, and Don did not seem happy about it. He was like, "What do you want me to do? I'm not happy about it." Which I guess I want to say is such horseshit. The fact that Don Draper is upset that his wife is having a love scene on a TV show as an actress. Look, I understand it's weird for you. For It would be weird for me to see my wife kissing a man on screen. Okay, granted, but when you're an actress, that's kind of, you know, or an actor, that's kind of comes with the territory. But at the same time, I'm not out screwing every neighbor or teacher or secretary. Um, I didn't marry a secretary that I took with me on, you know, on a vacation. I'm not some kind of man whore like Dickie Whitman is. So the fact that he is upset about this is hilarious. I actually wrote down hi-larious. Hilarious. Um, yeah, amazing. So back at work, we do find out what happens. Um, Joan realized that uh, Scarlet, Scarlet's um, clock was off a little bit. And Scarlett was like, well, uh, yeah, I, I went and did this and did this and did this. I had to get things. You need to sign the card. And Joan was pissed off 
and said, um, you know, you fired uh, and, and fired her right on the spot. And I forget. That. I feel like there was something. There might have been something else that got her upset at first because she was kind of on edge. I don't know if it was maybe maybe even her friend visiting made her on edge because she sees her friend doing so well on her own and realizing what she had to do to even get someplace. Um, but and if I miss something again, this was two days ago. I'm, I think I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the fact that I didn't watch it again, but she fires Scarlet. Scarlet heads out. Look at me. I'm saying Scarlet. I, I only I wrote it down. That's why I remembered. So she's heading out, tears, crying, and Harry's like, "Can you get something for me?" And she's like, "I can't." He's like, "What's going on?" He puts his foot down, brings it into Joan's office, and says, "I'm sorry. Whatever she did, she's not fired. She's not going away. Go back to work. Go back to work." Uh, and and um, she, uh, what's her name? Um, Joan was like, nope, this is the way it is. And Harry's like, nope, that's not the way it is. And then she goes, it's up for you, Scarlett. What would you like to do? He goes, she'd like to go back to work. Thank you. You can go back to work. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I don't actually blame Harry on this one. It's a weird thing because Harry has been kind of, um, he's turned into this power-hungry, um, you know, guy who uh, is definitely a dick husband. But... I feel like maybe because this is a secretary, and I don't know if there's anything going on there, um, it's almost like he should have some say in it. Bring it to him. See what he says. Um, and I think maybe it was, you know what? During this, before this happened, Don um, came downstairs, and she's like, did you did you clock off her? And Don was like, you know, the scowl is behind her back, waving, no, no, no. Um but Don, before even Don had a chance to say anything, that's when Scarlett was fired. Uh, and then she was unfired. Now, we, a few, maybe it's a little bit later. I'm not sure exactly how long, but there's a partners meeting. And he looks in. He sees all these partners. He sees uh, Joan in there. And I forgot that he knows. He barges into the, the, the meeting and says, I demand to be in these meetings. And he calls out Joan for how she became a partner. I wrote down, whoa. Um, he said that she was fired, for blah, blah, blah. And he put his foot down and he, um, he, said, you know, he said to all the partners, basically, um, it's either her or me. And I think he meant, I forget exactly. God, this is what happens when two days pass. And that's when, um, kind of, it was, it was fun. Oh, he, I, I get, it. I remember now. It seemed like Harry thought they were talking about her and Scarlett, and that wasn't the case at all. But when he barged in, Roger's like, "No, no, I want him to finish." I love that. Roger was only in this a little bit, but I love that moment because he was like, "Oh wait, wait, I want to see this. I want to see how the way this goes." Um, but it, it, you could see that Joan was, you know, she's a five percent partner. She has a lot of say, especially overseeing the office and the secretaries. But she was just totally overruled with this. And um, Harry was pissed. And he's like, next time you have a meeting like this, I, I should be in here. Um, I, you know, he does a lot for the, for the thing. He just walks out of the office. And you can see the look in Joan's eye like, um, you know, I can't. Even, even with my partnership, it's, it's basically in writing. I don't have any say. These guys still oversee me and overrule me, even with my decisions. Um, and uh, you can see she just wasn't happy. Now, later on, she's out with a friend 
because her friend wanted to go out in the city, but they picked some place that was like a soda fountain. And Joan was like, this place is literally a soda fountain. She wanted to go, uh, you know, get a drink. Now, there's a soda fountain with phones. And it was like teenagers. They People call each other and they try to, that's how they meet. I, didn't, I wonder if this was, this had to be a real thing. But it, like, it seems so innocent back then. What a funny thing this is. And it turns out that this woman, um, Joan's friend, just wants to meet a younger man. She's in the city. She wants to live it up a little bit with a younger man. Um, so they bring the uh, manager over. And Joan says, I think our phone's broken. Can you call it? And that's how they get the manager to call because she thought he was cute. Um, and they call and they set up a, a kind of a time to go out later. This woman is on the prowl. She's not just there for, um, for some kind of new job or promotion. She's there for young man sex. Appropriate young man. I mean, I'm not saying like, I mean, man, adult. But, you know, she's looking for a young man to have coitus with or perform coitus with. I'm not sure exactly. Um, but look, I've held back my, my excitement long enough. The next moment of this show, this episode, might have been one of the most uh, exciting moments since um, I started watching Mad Men. And I wrote, in all capital letters, Ted McGinley. If you don't know who Ted McGinley is, Ted McGinley was, uh, is one of television's most, um, most well-known actors. Uh, now, you might say, who? Well, do you remember when... Um, uh, the guy, the neighbor, Steve, left married with children. And then a new man showed up, Jefferson. And he was there for years. That was Ted McGinley. Do you remember when um, Roger was on Happy Days? He was a nephew, I believe, of Marion Cunningham. And um, he would show up and he was a handsome, dashing young man. That was Ted McGinley. Do you remember Revenge of the Nerds, where there was a... Um, a quarterback who uh, wanted to beat up the nerds? That was Ted McGinley. Do you remember a photographer on the love boat? That was Ted McGinley, too. Um, there's a saying that um, a man named John Hine once coined called Jump the Shark um, when a show goes bad. And I remember at one point, Ted McGinley was uh, dubbed the patron saint of Jump the Shock because he was on so many shows later on. Not that he's bad. He's fantastic. And he's here as the head writer of To Have and To Hold, Megan's um, soap opera. I forgot to mention that they wanted to take Don and Megan out to dinner just to kind of meet each other and, you know, make sure everything's above board and, and uncomfortable. You know, comfortable. But guess what? It's not comfortable. It is uncomfortable. Um, now, Don and, and, the, and he are talking about uh, television and um, how, you know, because we like to be titillating for the, uh, for the, for the housewife who's home. Um, but I, I, there was one line that I wrote down uh, because they were talking about, oh, they were talking about the Smothers Brothers and how I think it had something to do with advertising and it's just humor. But it's satire, and, and Don said satire is the most threatening humor there is. Because you don't want to be, um, if, if there's something, someone telling you jokingly about how terrible the war is, and then all of a sudden you see these ads for these things, it's going to make you feel bad, and you want to feel good watching things that are, that are fun. Um, but look, I'm just, I'm just kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stalling 
before I get to the most important part of this dinner, it's that they want to hang out with him afterwards, maybe smoke some grass, and then pretty much have a four-way. Yep, they're swingers, and they want to swing with them. They want to swing with Megan and Don, and you could almost see it took them a moment. Don, I think, figured it out right away, and Megan didn't quite. Uh, and they passed, uh, but Megan, later on in the car, she was giggling and saying, like, should, like, do you think it'll bother me? He goes, oh, they probably say no all the time. I think everything will be fine. But uh, that was pretty weird that, you know, that uh, old Ted McGinley, old Jefferson Darcy wanted to, uh, and his wife wanted to, well, they wanted to swing with Don and Megan. And for a moment, I, you know, if it was Roger in June, I think they would have done a little LSD and they would have done it. Um, but Jane, not June. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, not, not Megan and not Don, because Don is very respectful to, to having to hold the vows. Marriage vows and marriage means so much to him. Can't you tell? Yabba dabba doo. Back over at the um, leaving the soda shop, this guy, I'm not going to say he's pretty lucky, he jumps in the car between Kate and Joan, and they're like, oh, which one of you is a better kisser? And he kisses Joan. Joan gives him a little kiss because she was, you know, she enjoyed it. She was having fun. She wanted to unwind. I think she needed to unwind after a shitty day at work. And she kisses the other guy. And then they, have, they end up going to a go-go bar. And they're making out, making out. And this other guy shows up and he starts kissing Joan. And you know what? Joan gets into it. And they just keep kissy, kissy, kissy. See, this is where time gets away with me. Like, throws me off a little bit. So I guess now it's the next day. Harry goes in to meet with Roger and Bert. They're kind of having, you know, they're hanging out together, uh, but it's in Bert's office. You know that because Harry takes off his shoes. And we find out that Harry makes 22000 I think, a year, and they give him the full commission to... Um, to the Broadway Dow Chemical thing. I think that's what it's for, uh, which is 23500 I think. So he just made double his salary on this commission. Uh, so they must make commission all the time. So the salary and then the commission. But this commission was huge. Um, basically, more than his salary for his commission, but no partnership. And he was not happy. And he's like, I, you know, I hope you understand the skill you have, what you have here, um, you know, bef- before someone else notices. And he storms out of the office. He just got a huge little, you know, huge raise, huge little uh, bump in, in pay. Um, or, you know, a huge bonus. Uh, but it's, it's not what he wants. And frankly, I'm not sure it's not what he deserves. You know, he might be deserving a partnership based on the work he does. Uh, and I wonder if we're going to see that. I, I, I wonder if we're going to see that because he's been there for a long time. He's very loyal to them. Uh, he came over with them. And he's really, um, he's done a lot of good now business-wise, which makes him kind of, uh, you know, a bit of an a-hole. But we'll see. We'll see. I love when he left, and they were, I think they were talking about firing him. And Bert was like, should we have just fired him? And Roger was like, that's the most impressive I've ever been of him right there. That was the most impressive thing he's ever done. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. So I wrote down Megan leaves for work. But really, nothing much happened there. I think Don was still in bed. I thought maybe Don was going to go see doctor wife, but I don't think that happened then. Again, two days ago, it's amazing that I wrote, I never take notes, and I took notes that night. 
which if I didn't, I would be screwed. I'd have to watch the whole thing again. Um, but we cut over to um, Joan's house, and her and her friend are waking up, uh, and they just look. Their, their, their makeup's all runny. Joan's dress is ripped. Um, and, you know, come to find out, Joan, the, the friend's like, well, how did I do that? She's like, you're in the city. You live there. She's like, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I, 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 it wasn't just, I didn't just want to go to Avon. I, I'm just, she's not happy in her life. She doesn't seem happy with her husband. Um, and she thinks Joan kind of has it all. She thinks it's damn impressive what she's done. Whatever, however you, whatever happened, you still are a partner in, um, you know, and it's damn impressive. Uh, and you can see Joan was probably like, you know what? It is damn impressive, but you know, she's got a, She's got to weigh the positive with the negative. Um, and there's definitely some negative, but there's definitely some positive. It's just the circumstances are, you know, not great. So now we're in the hotel room where there's Don and Stan, Pete sitting by, and here we are with our pitch. The pitch is actually pretty good. Uh, it shows, a, a, I think it's a steak, uh, some fries, and a burger, and they're on a blank canvas. And the guy's like, where's the ketchup? They flip over this, you know, clear plastic to show the the catchphrase "pass the Heinz." And the guy's like, "You mean Heinz ketchup?" He goes, "No, you're so synonymous with, with ketchup. You don't even have to say ketchup. You're Heinz. Heinz is ketchup, and you don't have to see it because you want to see it. Like, well, what about the bottle?" And he's like, "We don't need the bottle." And then Pete's like, "Well, we can put the bottle in there. We could, we could do that." Pete's always like, you know, like, "Oh yeah, we could do this. We could do that. We could do this. We could do that." And Don, the creative. He's like, you know, we can definitely, I don't know. It just seemed like it, what they had didn't, didn't excite them all that much. But the fact that they have a chance to talk about it, you know, was pretty great. Um, and, you know, they're like, uh, you know, thanks for seeing. We'll, you know, we'll talk to you soon. Um, and they walk out of the hotel room that they bought, that they rented. And who's there? But Peggy and her team. And it's like, oh, F word. Don looks crestfallen when he sees her. He sees them. And it's like, he's like, how do they even know? You could just see a look like, what is going on here? And Stan just has this look of like being pissed. Uh, And so they head in. It's Don, Ted, and I mean, it's Peggy, Ted, and some other dude. Um, and Don kind of sits, stays back for a minute and listens up against the door as Peggy gives, um, gives, um, her little spiel. And you could see that Don, you could tell that Don is impressed. And it's almost like, how did I let this woman go? She talked about, um, I forget what it was, but she talked about cats up. And I just love when Peggy gives her presentations because it's, she's, it's just, she just pulls you in. So she's like, cats up. It's the same thing. That's what people will tell you, but it's not the same. You know, ketchup is better, and Heinz, the only ketchup. And it was the Heinz bottle. And imagine this 50 feet in Times Square. Um, and you Don, you could see Don outside just being like, because oh, she said some she said some line that I feel like was it she learned from Don. I forget what the line is, um, but I have a feeling that it was a Don-ism. And, you know, I wonder if she knew he was out there. Maybe she thought he stuck around. But um, you feel bad because they, you know, at least they did this in secret. Uh, but they thought it was such a secret that no one else knew. Unfortunately, Stan is the one who uh, 
accidentally uh, blurted it to Peggy, who then Ted found out, and, well, that's why they're here. Back at the office, um, Don, the secretary, goes into Joan's office, and she kind of throws herself on the sword. Is that the saying? Where she said, you know, I want want to, um, you can dock me for the pay that... um, for Scarlet's time missed. I apologize. Uh, and Joan's like, come here. Here's the keys to the supply closet and here's the keys to the time cards. And Don's like, you're thinking, I'm getting more responsibility out of this? She's like, thank you. She goes, no, I don't think you understand that this is a punishment because those people can be brutal out there. So now she's responsible. Every time someone wants supplies, you got to go to Don. Every time someone needs to get the time card, you got to go to Don. Um, but Don thanks her anyway. I think she's just happy that she um, she got to keep her job. Now, I didn't write it down here, but I know Dawn goes back to the diner to see her friend, and she's the friend was upset of her being late or something, and she's like, you know what, damn it, and how she almost lost her job today covering for another girl, and they're like, you need to understand, these are not your friends there, okay? You need to keep your head down and just do your work. So um, no one's there to look out for you. Um, I think, and I didn't write that down, but I kind of, I remembered. I know she went back. Um, So, I think that's the end of Dawn, the secretary, female Dawn. But uh, we go back to male Dawn, uh, you know, that Dick Whitman, Don Draper, uh, and they're hanging out at a bar, you know, just kind of in their sorrows. Peggy's team shows up to the same bar, and they're like, hey, losers, um, you know, losers drink here. And they're like, what are you talking about? And, uh, oh, before they got there, like, I don't even know. How, how did they even know? I thought this was a secret. How did anybody know? Because Pete's like, I paid for that hotel room. Uh, and turns out that when Peggy comes in, find out that they lost too. There was a third firm. It turns out, oh, great, the biggest firm, of course. Um, now, apparently, this must be a place they drink all the time because Ken shows up, and now he's pissed because Raymond, ah, oh, Raymond, that's the guy, the bean guy. Raymond found out about ketchup, and he's not even giving them 90 days. He's pulling all their stuff. They're out of here. That's garbage. And, uh, you know, Ted said something about the little guys, but, you know, Don said something about, you know, Heinz gave us national recognition with beans. Uh, and But Pete said something like, it was still worth it. Uh, you know, again, this is two days ago. I apologize. But the biggest thing was they left, and then Stan goes, oh, I think I see a friend walks by and just gives Peggy the bird, flips the bird to her, because uh, I don't know if, if anybody would have known, but you can't admit, 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 or you can't assume that Heinz isn't going to meet with other people, because how did this third third firm find out? Obviously, Heinz invited them, um, so you know maybe Stan doesn't know that Peggy went behind his back, but he flipped her the bird, so I think... I think he does. I think he does. So, um, the episode, well, it's not quite over yet. We go to Megan on set, and um, there we see the scene where she's, like, in a maid's outfit, and uh, the guy, the, the you know, the, the actor, they have their little love scene, which is just kissing in, on the bed, which actually seemed pretty... Risque for a 1960s soap opera. I didn't watch, you know, my mom watched soap operas. I remember seeing them on when I was a kid. That was in the 80s. Um, but I don't remember, like, you know, on top of the bed and stuff like that. So I don't know if 
if it was different in the 60s or if this is just a little or a little exaggerated for television. But um, Don's there. And Megan sees him. And she's like, oh, what the hell? Goes into her... Um, now, she's pissed. I wrote pissed, P-I-S-S-S-T, a lot. Pissed, because I want to say it like that. Pissed. She's pissed. She goes into her dressing room. She's like, today's the day you have to come to show out? Today's the day you like it? And Don's like, um, Don's very not happy. Whoa, did I say he's very not happy? He's watching it. You can see he's not happy. He's, see, he's talking to the other actress. She's like, she's a natural. Or she has such talent. And then he goes into, the, into her uh, room. He's like, oh, you don't want me to be here? You know, not for this. You never come before. And then he says, you kiss people for money. You know what that makes you? Basically calling her a whore. He's a dick. What a dick. And guess what he does after that? After that, he the next effing scene after he walks out while she's working, leaving her teary, he goes, takes the penny, and goes to Dr. Wife and sleeps with her. I wrote down, what a dick. And I don't even mean that in a Dick Whitman. I mean... This is the point where I'm like, do I want to care about Don Draper? Is, is he really pushing me away that bad? Uh, and then, you know, something happens with Dr. Wife. Because Dr. Wife, you know, she's got a head in her shoulders. And, you know, um, he says something about her cross. And she says, oh, it gives me comfort. And she looks at him, holds him by the face and says, you know, I, I, um, I, I, I I pray. She says, what do you pray for? He goes, I pray for you to find peace. And Don does his thing where like, he closes his eyes like, oh. And he does that a lot. He's like, oh, I'm not happy, Don DeRaper. Um, so it's like, that's how the episode ends, where I pray for you, Don, to find peace. Well, he found a peace in you, Dr. Wife. Uh, now, this is, he's with a doctor wife, sleeping with her, cheating on his second wife, who he took, basically uh, had an affair with after he got uh, divorced, at least. But he was still dating that that doctor. Remember the blonde doctor showed up. He says, hey, I'm back from my trip. Listen, I got married, uh, so have a good life. Um, this is a toughie. Now, Don in the office, Don, you know, uh, you know, pitching clients. I'm generally rooting for him. Don against Betty, even. I was kind of rooting for him, even though he was a, it was a dick husband then. But you're not going to get me to turn against Megan. Damn it. Megan hasn't done anything to make me want to hate her at all. Nothing. I haven't seen anything she's done yet to make me dislike her. Like, you know, like, the, to the, especially at the point where I could root against her for Don. It hasn't happened. Um, but what do we learn in this episode? I mean, we learn that Harry is resentful of Joan's situation. Uh, and Joan might be resentful of Joan's situation, but she has it. And she's set up for, um, and that was Lane actually who did that. Remember, that's Lane, that was Lane's masterstroke. Um, God rest his soul. And uh, it did come up about him hanging himself. Oh, Don talked about her friend and saying how stressful everyone is. And everyone drinks all the time. And um, everyone drinks and everyone's unhappy. And one guy hung himself. She said that to her friend. Um but, you know, I think, what was I saying? Harry, we might see him. I, I wonder if we're going to see him move up the ranks. Uh, Joan is, uh, you know, kind of having to come to terms with the fact that she did do what she did. And other people are going to look at her strangely. But 
and being a partner as a woman in the 60s still something pretty good um peggy i don't like that she went behind stan's back but i still like peggy um feel bad for stan feel bad for their their whole crew because raymond and baked beans are now gone even though they think it was worth it um what else really happened in this episode except Don being a dick to his wife? So we had Joan, Don, Ken with the uh, Broadway Joe thing um, on Broadway. So, my friends, I think I covered it. I'm going to go down now and take my dog for a walk. Uh, sorry that I'm a couple days late, but in the future, this means nothing because you're just listening to this episode and thinking, what's he talking about late? This episode's right where I found it. Right on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called or Spotify if you listen to that. We're available everywhere podcasts are available. And if you don't subscribe to us, um, I'm going to cry right now for 45 minutes. That's why this podcast episode is three hours long, because I cried for 45 minutes and then I um, just forgot to hit stop on the recorder. I'm kidding, uh, obviously, because we're almost done. But if you could, if there's a place where you could rate and review us, I would love it. It would be great. It would help people find us in the future, because someday... This podcast is going to be done, but it's going to live on. You know, M Mad Men is years old. It's been done for years, but you're still finding me. Other people in the future can find me. Hello in the future. How are your flying cars? See, that was for them. Um, but for the rest of you listening right now, thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at MadeManPod. And you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time to take my voice, my high-pitched, squeaky voice, and bring it down. Bring it down to tell you that I want to thank you. I want to thank you for coming along with me on this adventure as I, two days later, strive to become a made man! I almost coughed. It was crazy. Fans not experts.